Your hosts, The Watchman Dana Smith and Tower. Thanks for listening. Greetings and welcome to Warren Radio Advocacy Gospel News for the Persecuted Church. I am Tower and we are glad you joined us. Warren Radio Advocacy Broadcast for the Persecuted Church is a fast-moving gospel news program. All correspondence and inquiries of the WIBR Warren Radio Network can be sent to us through our contact page on warren-usa.com. And please note that all your prayer requests are taken seriously before the Lord. We care about each and every one of you, so don't worry about sending those in. Don't be afraid, because we take them seriously, and we care about you. Today is Wednesday, the third day of June, 2020, and the scripture reading this week is found in Numbers chapter 8, verses 1 through chapter 12, verse 16, Zechariah chapter 2, verses, um, starting at verse 10 through chapter 4, verse 7. And the New Testament portion is 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 6 through 13. Be sure to follow the WIBR Warren Radio on Twitter at hashtag WatchmanIS216, hashtag Warren Radio. You can find us on LinkedIn by hashtag Watchman. And join us on USA.life or MeWe with hashtag Warren Radio. Uh, Warren Radio, the WIBR Warren Radio is also on some new social sites. We're on Parlor, Clout Club, and Gab. You can um, download and listen to the shows from these following carriers Blueberry, iHeartRadio, iTunes Player. Apple Podcast, Spreaker, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play Music, Warren Radio Visions on Blog Talk Radio, Podcast Addict, CastBox, Google Podcast, Anchor, Deezer, and Podchaser. Also on warren-usa.com or danaglinsmith.com. <coughs> Excuse me. Please take time to read the pertinent articles by the Watchmen. They apply to the day and age we're living in. They're um, edifying to your soul. And they're also very inspired. And this week we feature the Lord of Sabaoth Vindicated. The day of vindication for those who have cried unto the Lord and have sought to find the evil done to them relieved. For the Lord will hear their cries and avenge them on the day that he brings all evil to an end. Christians are meeting challenges, tribulations, and persecutions, knowing that the foundation of faith are secure within Christ Jesus. Also, American foibles of mice, men, and bunny tracks. Foible is a minor weakness or eccentricity in someone's character. And in this instance, it takes up America as a whole with a systemic weakness in the nation itself. And the lost glory of Americanism, a republic if you can keep it. There is a lost glory of Americanism, that ideal for which many have fought and died for. There are many patriots today in America. Freedom is innately in the soul. It feeds the appetite for that freedom which begins began so long ago. And last but not least, defrocking America, attacking American dreams. 
defrocking America in its fullest desires finds itself in recent history. America remembers the famous Senator McCarthy, who spoke of enemies in our government, dead set on bringing America down, and he had many enemies. So you can read those articles and more by going to warn-usa.com or danaglennsmith.com. And now, I invite the watchman. You're listening to WARN Radio on the WIBR WARN Radio Network. Don't forget to visit our websites at warn-usa.com and danaglinsmith.com. And also follow us on Twitter, find us on Instagram, and join us on LinkedIn. How you doing? At any rate, get the thing. Well, today in our small burg, we have uh, a Black Lives Matter protest, and uh, they were down in Cheyenne, and they're slated to go to Jackson. They're supposed to be up in Gillette and over in Rapid City. I think they already did Rapid. And uh, Cheyenne also, I believe. I was told that those two protests were peaceful. Yeah, in Cheyenne, and uh, they have uh, quite a big number here, people having guns at the protest, so I had, <coughs> excuse me, read in, uh, uh, you know, some latest news, and they were saying that Black Lives Matter were having uh, peace, uh, armed peace protectors with them to help keep the peace. Hmm, interesting. So I'm not sure what that means, because it, it, you know didn't really go into detail, but uh, the word on the street here is that, that there's a lot of them, and uh, there are guns there. So, uh, Yeah, they're here today on yeah. Wednesday, and they're yeah. supposed to be here again on Friday. So we don't know uh, exactly why they're coming back, but you know, uh, where we're at in Wyoming, they figure that... Uh, you know, we need the exposure to them uh, because, after all, we are Wyoming and we're independent. We're hunters and fishermen, and they figure we're a bunch of backwoods knuckleheads. They also, the ACLJ also says Wyoming is very racist, which I disagree with that. The ACLU. Yeah, ACLU. Sorry, don't want to get that mixed up with Jay Seculo. Yeah. Yeah, uh, they they have no right to say that. They don't know us. They just make up some assumptions. And, of course, this is the way it is, you know. You know, I don't look at people by the color of their skin. I look at them as people, individuals created by the living God. And I don't care what color their skin is. That's That's not them. I mean, what's inside is the person. Well, you know, what this is doing is conforming society to a societal uh, uh, avenue here, getting you ready for socialism and globalism. Uh, the bottom line of it is, is that uh, I oppose Black Lives Matter. It should be All Lives Matter, and of course, even that they say is racist. It's not racist. You're a moron if you think it's racist. Yeah. Because there, we have uh, Indian reservations around here, and Indians, uh, well, uh, the Indian reservations have had a lot of alcoholism, drug. Uh, I've eaten in Indian homes. I've slept in there. I've had good friends among them. And I say, uh, when I say Indian, I say that with all due respect because I like the culture. I've eaten in Mexican homes, and uh, you know, uh, and I, I, I like the Mexican culture, and I, it's not derogatory. It's you know, just like people call me white. I'm not white. The pages I read off of is white. I'm off white. I'm tan. <laughs> You know, and so we've got a bunch of this nonsense going on, and I reject all of it, so screw you and the horse you came in on, to put it bluntly. I don't go down that road, and I don't care. If you don't believe it, that's your problem. But if you come here to cause trouble, there's people here that'll shoot your ass off. So just beware that we're not going to put up with any crap from some of the big city people that come in here. Well, you know, to me, Black Lives Matters is racist. That group is racist. They hate the whites. They hate anybody that's not black. 
In fact, I don't even think they love their black brothers because they were out there destroying their businesses. And well, you know, the, the thing of it is, they were marching with Antifa. Antifa is a terrorist organization. Look what they were doing. And look at the cops that got killed. Oh, and, I know. It's and horrible. Anyway, I'm not going to go over this. Yeah, we uh, don't want to spend our time no, doing that. Uh, We've I got wanna, more important things to do. Yeah. Uh, Denise D'Souza was on CBN. And, of course, he has a book he's talked about, written about socialism. And he came from a particular avenue where he knows what that kind of lifestyle is. He came out of it. And uh, he was interviewed by Pat Robertson, and this was, uh, it was posted today. He says a key aspect of this, uh, talking about socialism, why is it gained ground? Um, is the socialist temptation. It's the idea that a person should feel entitled to another person's goods because the socialist hammers home the notion that your neighbor has essentially stolen from you. Well, that's exactly what the Obama mantra was. He says, uh, you know, your business is not your business. You didn't build right. that business. Yeah, that's that, right. That's bull. And uh, mm. he can go jump in the lake, too. And he says socialists don't just rely on persuasion, and if they tried to do that, they wouldn't be able to persuade a majority of Americans to support it. He goes on to say socialism has never been in the mainstream of American politics until now. And so how do they do it? Well, it's not just the deep state. They also use the propaganda of academia. In other words, uh, professors up in the high thing. You know, when mm -hmm. I was in Bible school and graduating, one thing our professors told us is heresy in the church starts at the highest level of the educational system. It's the same thing with socialism or anything else that get into your society. It starts up with their, these so-called learn. Uh, they have a lot of knowledge, but ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. That's what Paul said about people trying to, you know, missing the gospel, in other words. And so, and the propaganda of the media, yeah, all the media, a lot of it is leftist, and of course digital censorship, that's going on, and he listed all of this stuff. They put people who are not on their side and get them, they say, deplatformed, that's what they've done with Alex Jones, that's what they've done with a lot of them, yes. uh, especially YouTube, and they get them thrown off social media, and finally Antifa. Um, you know, what did they do? They went around and these people are fully armed. They didn't come for a peaceful thing. They were in body armor from head to toe and they were carrying clubs. So that's not a peaceful gathering. If you come up to my house dressed like that, I'll get a gun. <laughs> because you're not friendly. You're not nice. People that allow these kind of people to walk on the streets and go around and just beat the living daylights out of people. I mean, this is a problem. It's a parallel. And, of course, he calls Antifa the paramilitary wing of American socialism. Yeah. And, and the other thing I don't like while we're talking about it, and I want to address these issues up front, uh, bigotry. You know, they're always accusing anybody that disagrees with the mantra of whether it's Black Lives Matter or socialism or anything else. Uh, many of these young punks, you know, classify Trump as Hitler, and most of these people don't even know uh, all the things that Hitler does, let alone, um, you know, just making a blank, blanket statement. But, you know, the thing of it is, is what they call it uh, uh, when evil attacks Christians or Christianity. Now, see, when Trump went out there with the Bible to go to that church, I knew what he was doing. You know, it made sense because I'm a Christian. Yeah, we want the Bible out there. Even, uh, uh, you know, Samaritan's Purse, uh, you know, Franklin Graham was asked about it. He says, I was, uh, you know, I thought that was great. But see, it's just like Paul says, you know, he says, to some, we are an aroma of death to those who don't believe, but to those who do believe, we're an aroma of life. So there's two ways you can go, life or death. I mean, you either hate us or love us, because in order to understand, you cannot know the Lord without being spiritually born again. He has to be spiritually discerned. Well, Bill Donahue was commenting on the rash of anti-Christian assaults. He's the Catholic League president, and I'm no, I'm not Catholic. We have the coronavirus pandemic going on at the same time as rioting in the streets of urban America, he says. 
Though churches had absolutely nothing to do with the killing of George Floyd, they have been targeted by thugs. Anti-Catholic remarks have also aired on TV. St. John Episcopal Church across, from, uh, across the street from the White House was set on fire, as was the Catholic Basilica of St. Mary in Minneapolis. Churches were vandalized near the University of Mississippi. The Cathedral Basilica of the Immaculate Conception in Denver was trashed. St. Patrick's Cathedral in New York City and St. John's Episcopal Church in Richmond, Virginia had obscene words inscribed, inscribed on its exterior and on its sidewalk. That's horrible. Windows were smashed in the Dallas Jude. Now see, the, the bottom line that you have with this is that this is not new worldwide. We report on this every week, and we report on a whole rash of, of uh, Christian persecution. And believe it or not, Christians are getting beat up in their homes. They're getting beat up in the churches. The churches are getting destroyed. And, and this is par for the course around the world. Now, Bill Maher happens to be Jewish. His mother was Jewish. And in Judaism, one's religion is based on one on one's mother's religion. His his father's not Jewish, but he was raised in an Irish American father's Catholic religion. Huh. But you know, Bill Maher said this, and this is uh, these are the words of Bill Donahue. He says Bill Maher, whose bigotry against priests is pathological told his sick fans a joke about a priest who put children in danger because he is seen walking within 500 feet of a school. Now see... That's horrible. Now this is typical for Jewish humor when you're a secular Jew like Mar is. And he makes his money doing this, and he's not funny. There's some things, very few things, that he might say that I would agree with, but there's a lot of it that is unsavory, it's unkind, and it's full of it. He's full of it. I'm not a Bill Maher fan, never will be, but the bottom line of it is, is these are the kind of things that divide America and we have a problem. Yes. Now, while we're talking about all this, if we go over here now um, to this particular one, and this happens to do with Alveda King. And... Uh, You know, I like Alveda King. Oh, I do too. And uh, she says it straight from the shoulder. And uh, most of you should know who Alveda King is. And she was talking about the death of George Floyd. She says, now our city is hurting after this miscarriage of justice. And many are taking their anger to the streets in ways that are destructive and causing further harm. Yet for those of us who are witnessing what is taking place on the streets of Minneapolis and feel an urge to immediately condemn the people who are expressing their anger and hurt, we should remember what Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. said on March 14, 68. A riot is the language of the unheard. But the problem of it is, is that while she said this, you know, um, Violence is the language of the unheard. She says, I'm saddened yet undaunted that a quote of my uncle MLK is being taken out of context. MLK spoke those words in defense of nonviolence. He refused to promote violence as a solution to the ills of society. Now see, this is the thing, and a lot of people misquoted that in the last couple of weeks that I've heard and come across, she addressed it because she heard it as well. And she was visibly shaken about a lot of things that were going on. And uh, she said she was very restless in her spirit. And uh, my, her goddaughter, Angela Stanton King, uh, boots on the ground in Minneapolis, Minnesota, COVID-19 qualms at critical mass, personal family matters, and that type of thing. It was hard to pray. And uh, as she spoke with Angela by phone, the POTUS text about looting and shooting surfaced. And she said her heart was heavily grieved and moved by the cruel murder of George Floyd. 
who was a man of God and other related events. And she prayed for, she says, pray for Ninda the looting. She says, unite in prayer as one blood. And of course, you know, this is the thing of it is, is that you cannot heal a nation if you're divided. And if you're going to protest, that's fine and dandy randy. But when you start burning the place down, and as one black woman who had her stuff burned up, her store that she had, she saw the black kids who had done it, or was talking to them, and said, you need to go get a job and stop burning and destroying all the property. You need to do something besides this. And, <coughs> and I seen, <coughs> excuse me, uh, one particular uh, black guy that had gotten caught, and he said, I came here for one reason, to loot. Others uh, were also caught, and they were just, you know, they did it for fun. Others did it for money because they gave money to them. Uh, matter of fact, I saw a video of one of the uh, lieutenants out giving money to people standing on the street to yeah. go and... They were paid to do this, cause this trouble and steal and kill and maim. Yeah that's what they were so at any rate enough of that that's America America isn't going to last folks if we continue this and uh, you know the bottom line of it is is no matter how far we go uh, you know it seems like the people that represent uh, the blacks in America don't want anybody to be a normal human being and just live and even the blacks like Terrence Williams and others they uh, get to the point to where, you know, they're ridiculed as well. And so the, these, these are the issues here that we're facing that needs to stop. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of these. Uh, you know, if you're a black and you're a Trump supporter, you're targeted. And they call you names. And... I don't know how many testimony I've seen of young black kids with a red MAGA hat that said, I'm going to vote for who I want to vote for. And he was a Trump supporter. And so these are the things that, that uh, when we're talking about socialism and globalism and the pressure of society, and it's going to come against Christianity too. I mean, that's what the Bible says is going to happen. We're going to have the dark one show. And so... If you're paying attention, I'll tell you what this, when we look at it, we have had a whole series of events. From the time that uh, Obama got elected, through his eight years, into Trump uh, running for the nomination, the attempt to stop him at the Republican National Convention, which failed, and then him, <coughs> him winning the election, and when he won the election, I immediately saw news coming across that there were FBI agents that said that they were plotting to stop him behind the scenes somehow. We remember the Secret Service gal who refused to serve under him and, uh, you know, to be there. So yeah, she, she said she wouldn't protect his life. And so from the very start, within a short time of his inauguration, even before that, they were plotting to overthrow him. And for the whole time that he's been in there, they have been accusatory, uh, tried to pr prosecute him, they hate him, despise him, the Dems in the House do everything they can to subvert him, America, the liberal media's against him. I mean, these are the things that have gone on constantly. And then we get to the point where he's made changes. And now, of course, we have the COVID. And then all of a sudden we had this death and we've had massive riots. Well, if you're not paying attention here, we also have tremendous locusts and a lot of other things happening in the world. And you have a potential, if you're not paying attention, you're going to miss this whole thing. Because when God begins to judge, he does it many times in a series of events. And that's where we call fear, pit, and the snare. And I've, just, and I've covered that in our Isaiah series. So you need to pay attention here and understand that, that things are just not always the way they seem here. And America, you're in trouble.
Well, you know, as is the world. Go ahead. As you're talking, I remember the eclipse that went straight through America. That was the other thing. Good thing you mentioned. That was a sign from God that there, the nation was divided. And ever since that eclipse from August 2017, things have ramped up. They're worse than they ever have been. They continue to be get worse. Yep, I covered that, and, and you and I were talking about that, and I pointed out the fact about that being uh, divided, and that was what the Lord laid on me. That's definitely a, a prophecy, and I didn't realize how divided it was until we got here. Oh, I know. Me either. So, at any rate, we're going to move forward, but that's kind of uh, part of the show right there. But we do want to uh, do some news shorts. Uh, you know... Uh, Boko Haram is always coming up, Tower. Yes, unfortunately. And Nigeria. They need and to go away. I know. And, and they are always talking about Borneo State. It's in northeast Nigeria. The extremist group is responsible for making tens of thousands of widows and orphans in the state. Now, there was a Borneo governor, and I can't even say his name. He was a guest lecturer at, uh, lecturer at the National Defense College. It was attended by senior military officers and policymakers from inside and outside Nigeria. Uh, Zulam, a college lecturer who was elected last year as Borneo's governor, did not mince words as he criticized ineffective government leadership for its inadequate response to the insurgency that continues to wreak havoc. Now that's been the one thing you and I have covered, is that Buhari needs to do something. He is a Fulani, and the Fulanis themselves are killing a lot of Christians. Nothing is ever done. And so, um, <coughs> Zulam provided a glimpse. Just to, Now, this is just Boko Haram. Now, I can tell you from doing this, and Tower and I both, that uh, when we get into the persecution aspect, the Fulani have killed hundreds of Christians. They've, they've taken a lot of land. They've run uh, Christian farmers out. Now, Boko Haram was responsible for the creation of 59,311 orphans and 59,123 widows oh, through its existence. That's horrible. Dear and God. He goes on to say, although President Bahari has claimed to have defeated Boko Haram, the group continues to murder and kidnap. Now, they're not defeated if you're if that's going on. And so one of the main focuses, now see there's Leah Sharabu that needs to be set free. She was yes, taken amen. captive by Boko Haram. So you need to pray for Leah Sharabu to be released. And, and you know, Nigeria, this has got to get taken care of. Now there is a good news in all this. And uh, I'm trying to find it here. Now see, there's an executive order on advancing religious freedom that was just signed by the White House by uh, President Trump. And a lot of us are really happy he did because that puts the focus on these nations around the world that are not protecting uh, f freedom of religion. And so um, I don't think we're going to get to it, but maybe we can cover it next week to tell you a little bit about what's in it. And, uh, you know, another thing that I wanted to touch on that Barna did research, and whenever Barna does research, you better duck, because especially on religion, he did it, and he's released the fourth in a series of reports in its American Worldview in Inventory. He said, although a whopping majority, 86%, believe we have a unique God-given calling or purpose, the disconnect is discovered by drilling deeper. It says that while it might seem that maintaining the biblical point of view on both success and purpose would go hand in hand, the survey found otherwise. Overall, 7% of adults believed both that the common purpose of humanity is to know, love, and serve God, and that the best indicator of success is constant obedience to God. That's only 7%. 
Wow. As a nation, we yearn for purpose and calling, ideas deeply rooted within our nation's historical Christian faith and biblical understanding of God. Americans hold on to these basic biblical ideas of what makes human existence meaningful, yet at the same time we refuse to recognize reliance on God or his existence when talking about human success or purpose, Barna said. Now see, you have 7% that believe the purpose, and this is to be his disciple. Now the Lord told that his you know, Jews that were following him, you know, it's not just follow me. You've got to read what I say and do it. It says, those that read my word and continue in it, those are my disciples. And so there is a difference here. And one of the reasons that this happens, Tower, is because we are a nation that's been a prosperous nation. And people are focused on a lot of other stuff. And they don't pay attention because everything's going smoothly. Yep. Well, guess what? It it's hasn't been going smoothly. And so what does it do? It causes people to think about how they look at stuff. Exactly. And so at any rate, a few things that we're looking at uh, in regard to Nigeria and the Barna research. Now, up front in some of the gospel news, we're looking at Lebanon. And, you know, we haven't done much on Lebanon. No. And uh, Horizons International. Uh, this was by... Uh, um, uh, I'm trying to think that. Mission Network News Online. That's what it is. I okay. Think, I think that's what it is. But at any rate, th that's just the site that put it up. The, the news is, has to do with the, uh, Horizon International. Um, they try to demonstrate the love of Jesus Christ to the world, especially the Muslim world, by proclaiming the gospel, dis discipling the nations, and equipping the church. Now see, today that's dangerous. It is, very. And uh, we have a number of ministries that that we're aware of, that we've had correspondence with, and various things like that, and there's ministries that we know that we support. And, and so uh, it's important to connect yourself with somebody that has boots on the ground. It really is. Uh, now, uh, they talk about Lebanon's financial crisis. Now, I haven't followed this either. Uh, and they said that it might become worse than the 15-year civil war. Hmm. Now, of course, you know that the Christians were in the middle of that, uh -huh. along with everything else. Israel uh, had been over in Lebanon. The Econ And uh, uh, Pierre Husni of Horizon International, uh, the economic crisis that has been happening could be likened to a tall building where the top floor caved in, and everybody thought that was the collapse, and then the second floor uh, to the top floor caved in and everybody thought that was a collapse then it's just collapsing more and more every time. In other words, it doesn't stop. He goes on to say the cost of food has gone up. So many people who were middle class cannot afford to buy meat or cheese at this time. Now see, we're getting this same word from around the mission field. I mean around the world. Uh, and especially if you get into India, you get into Pakistan, and you get into these hardline governments, whether it's a Hindu government or whether it's a, a Muslim government, many times, and this is not new for India, because years ago uh, we were told by some of our contacts on the ground in India during floods and hurricanes that the Christians were not getting any aid. So this is typical. Government does not give Christians the aid, or they just give them a little bit. And so, with the COVID, people can't work. And if you have a bad economy like what this guy is talking about in Lebanon, it's destroyed the middle class, pretty much. They can't afford to buy meat or cheese. And a lot of stores have certain products that are not available. And of course, and he says you can just see things descending into chaos. We got that example here in, in our neck of the woods. Tower and I were out when this thing first hit. And we were looking around in the stores, and uh, there wasn't uh, a lot of items 
uh, from Sam's Club to Walmart to a lot of the others. There was nothing. And then there became a time you couldn't even get certain things at all. Couldn't and get any paper products, uh, the sanitizing wipes, meat, all that stuff was out. The eggs, milk, the vegetables, fresh vegetables, they were all wiped out. Yeah. Now, see, that's starting to come back, and we're doing fine here. But the bottom line of it is, folks, is that if something were to happen, are you prepared? So you need to learn to stock up with important things. And if you're stocking up food, try to get stuff that lasts a long time. But uh, you want to be able to eat your uh, stock and rotate it. Now, see, uh, when we first did it, we, we got tons of stuff because we thought it was going to happen right away and it never did so I ended up donating a lot of it to uh, a food bank thing over here I mean a ministry over here that works on the street um, so you have to be ready and so the cost of food goes up well here you know today it was amazing that I did read an article and it had to do with the financial article and they were saying this could be the uh, the the shortest uh, recession in history because although they're warning of a recession tower, I forgot to tell you this. Yeah. That that the professionals were saying that although and today the news came out, it said two point I think it was two point eight million or something around there of Americans that lost their jobs. And you think, boy, that's a lot of people. And they don't tell you in the headlines that what they expected was nine point something million. Wow. Yeah. Over four times more is what they expected to be unemployed and to be devastated. And it was not even close. Now see, the big thing they're worrying about is there's going to be a whole bunch of Antifa and all these other protesters if, if uh, Fosse and these others are right uh, because they're not social distancing. And I actually heard, you know, in my research this last week, various, you know, I was tracking various places where all the protests were going on. And it's surprising how many of these officials say, well, yeah, we're going to, we're not going to crack down, we're going to give you space to, pro, uh, to protest, but you got to social distance. I mean, give me a break. <laughs> That's so ridiculous. You know, the only thing about Antifa, they actually had masks on. Well, they did that before they were required. They hide themselves. Yeah, well, that's the point, dear. Yeah. That's that's the point. They Some of them have masks, to, and the reason they have masks is because they know that uh, people use tear gas and stuff. And, of course, being in the military, going through boot camp, I know what tear gas does. So, <laughs> so, you know, if you if you get tear gas, well, uh, now today uh, I think most of it's uh, pepper, pepper spray. So at any rate, you know, the, the bottom line of it is is that these ministries like Horizon International and there's others, Samaritan's Purse, are so critical to breach this missions thing overseas. And so that's why you give your money to some of these groups so they can help in Jesus' name and help these people over overseas to help them, to feed them, to take care of them, to help them get through. And uh, you know the big the big problem we we have is if something happens to America, you know the, that's a big pocket full of money that gets donated every year. That's Tower. right. And if something happens to America, you're not going to have any outreach. People are going to die and starve because I can tell you nobody uh, does the donation and does the missions like America has done in all of its... That's correct. And we're the last bastion of safety, we America. Are. We are. We really are. And There's no place else in the world to go. That's true. Well, that's, in my opinion, anyway. Well, that's Reagan. Reagan warned that. Yeah. We're a city on a hill. But he went on to say that if something happens to it, there's nowhere to run. And boy, that's true. 
It is. It's Especially very today. So we do have another one. This tower is going to cover a um, uh, thing coming out of Egypt. Are you ready? Oh, that says both of us. Oh. Um, I would rather do the Nigerian Muslim first, if you don't mind. Well, that's way down the road, dear. Well... Is that the one you're ready for? Yes. Okay, I'll move it up. Go ahead. Well, the, um, back in 2015, in August of 2015, a young girl, the age of 14, was abducted from her mother's shop by Dehiri. I'm not even sure how to say that. And she was taken across state lines by a Nigerian Muslim into the um, Kano state where she was allegedly raped, forced to accept Islam, and married to her captor. And her name was changed to uh, Aisha, the name of one of the wives of Islam's prophet Muhammad. And her abduction gained media attention as her parents raised public awareness, even though they faced much harassment by trying to get their daughter back. And although the mother petitioned the local emir for her daughter's release, he re her request was unsuccessful. And CSW states that on two occasions, the mother was insulted and assaulted by people in the village, as well as refused access to her daughter. Months later, in February 2016, state police rescued her daughter, it, and it was revealed that the teenager was five months pregnant with the daughter, and, and um, this, the Nigerian man, who was 26, was arrest, arrested for abducting her and forcing her into the Islamic marriage and taking her across state lines. And the criminal proceedings began in March of 2016, but he was initially, initially let out on bail, and he was later rearrested re for a failure to appear in court. And these types of incidents are, are relatively common in northern Nigeria, especially the 12 states that have Sharia law. So we need to remember to pray for these, and th this is the good news coming out of Nigeria that they did go after the Muslim, the Nigerian man who abducted her. Yeah, that is that is true, and that's important. Um, we, we also have this same problem in Pakistan. I mean, it, it's really prevalent in the Muslim nations. Uh, but uh, in Pakistan, we have a number of cases that, that we've covered over there. Uh, and it's happening a lot over there. And, of course, this is where uh, Sia Bibi was, and she was finally released. So uh, there is a lot of people that uh, were seeing some progress in Pakistan. And I'm glad to see some in Nigeria, because those poor people, I mean, there's a lot of people that need help in Nigeria. And it's not just Nigeria. Yeah, Africa itself. Right. Uh, Africa is very tribal. And... Uh, you know, they've always been that, I mean, fighting, killing one another, and of course they've just, that's the way it is, their culture. So at any rate, uh, um, we're now, uh, now see, this is a new one. We haven't, you know, when I think of Moldova, I think of Russia. Huh. But this is uh, this is a ministry team, and uh, I don't know if I put. But at any rate, the team is the um, the EHC team, and uh, I do have uh, this particular one. It's ehc.org, and uh, the thing of it is, is that in Moldova. They've discovered a powerful tool for gospel innovation. And so, in response to the new normal, in other words, COVID's taken over the world, or has, 
um, their office, of course, exploring new ways to share the gospel. This is what what a lot of them do. And uh, some of them will utilize the internet to share digital presentations of the good news. Uh, and, of course, we've been doing this for over two decades because this is one of the things the Lord called me to do in the first place. Uh, and so... Uh, but some are equipping frontline workers who have exclusive, exclusive access to people needing medical care. Now, Samaritan's Purse does that a lot. And uh, the ministry director of this particular uh, ministry over there in Moldova says there are people in these times who are very open to the gospel. They need God because nobody, not the medical personnel nor the government, can give them hope, peace, and comfort. And now they begin to seek God. Now see, this is very, very important. Because the Lord spoke and said, Peace I give to you, not as the world gives, give I unto you. He, he says, Let not your hearts be troubled. You know, there is that point, you know, Tower, that in all of this unrest, there is rest in Christ. Amen. Amen. And uh, so he's he talks about the villages in Moldova. And, and this is, I, I've talked about this, that the internet and the smartphones is not going to reach everybody in the world. And he points this out. In these villages, they don't have computers or smartphones. They don't have the money. They don't have the access to the signals. And he says the only way to reach them is to go in there in person. Of course, now they're wearing masks. And uh, he, they went to one village, and they weren't interested in receiving visitors, even one's wearing mask and uh, they went on to say there are some people in our village who may have COVID-19 and be a danger so the mayor and some policemen met our team and politely asked them to move on we know that your message is very good for the people and that you would like to help us the mayor said but come another time and so they honored the request now that's a good request because yeah. when we deal with reporting a lot of these things and and we've been doing this for a long time. Uh, the reports, of course, you get into some of these villages and you can get beat up and thrown out. Yeah, or they killed. usually turn violent. And so, and if you're having a meeting, you got to be very careful. Now, today, meetings in a lot of places are almost out. And, of course, they went to one Bible and the people ran after them and said, You're giving Bibles? Please, please give me one. <laughs> and... Uh, that's good. And in another village, he was afraid to come to the gate. And in another one, they opened the gate for the team. See, you never know what's going to happen. But he he quotes uh, Matthew 9.37, the harvest is plentiful, even in the midst of a global pandemic. That's right. And I, I think that's important. Now, see, in America, we're so self-contained. And we're so divided. We have a lot of pride. A lot of groups have pride. And so what happens is you begin to live in that particular arena. And it's just like the Laodicean church. You figure you're rich and in need of nothing. But in reality, you're wretched, poor, blind, and naked. And the Lord, uh, Lord later on in uh, Laodicea, he says, I stand at the door and knock. And the Lord is, is calling a lot of people, and he wants them to come unto him. So the bottom line of it is, is that there's a lot of people, and there's a lot of people open to the gospel. And a lot of them can't find what they need, and that is hope, peace, and comfort. And many of these ministry teams overseas meet the needs and help them and bring them love and compassion and then Christ comes in and fills them with peace now see if you just give them food 
or whatever their physical body is, I mean, that's fine. But you need to give them the gospel so that they can be redeemed and so their hearts can be filled with peace. This is an internal thing. You, you cannot experience this without the Spirit of God and spiritually discernment. You, you can't do it. It's impossible. You can't just go into church and become a member and have them throw some water on you and you're fine. No, you must receive Him. You must have that regeneration in you through the Spirit of God. You must be born again of the Spirit of God. That's that's just where, where it is. So, Moldovia. And so, uh, this week, there was a number of new uh, ministries that I came across that uh, I mean I've got a big list of them but it amazes me how these things pop up. Oh it's it's good to hear this too that there's a lot of people out there working in behalf of the Lord. Yeah and they're not all in America. Yeah. That's what we see this is the key. God has people and you know there's people getting saved in Muslim areas. And, uh, you know, Christians over there get persecuted because people are getting saved, but many of the Christians aren't the ones doing it. You know, we've reported miracles and signs and wonders, appearances of the Lord, and people are getting saved. Uh, the enemies of God are getting saved. And, uh, and then they come to the pastors and get trained. You know, I mean, this is happening. And so when you look at America you, you or some other nation, you might think, well, you know, nothing's going on. But there is. There's a lot of stuff going on. you got to pay attention here. You, you really do. Because if you just allow the things in America to get you down, you're never going to see it. And there's times that I am just sick to death of social media. Oh, I know. There's times, folks, I would like to shut down every social media thing I have. I'd like to close it all down and put the teachings and the writings and reach people on our website and be done with it. Yeah. But, but you have to force yourself to go forward. And you have to believe that no matter what, God will make a way for you. That's I think, right, amen. Yeah, I think that's possible. And, uh, you know, we do have... Uh, I wanted to talk about Israel for a while, a bit, you know, because uh, he he recognized Jerusalem. You and I talked about that as Israel's capital, and he moved the embassy there. Now, it was a while ago that he uh, moved to be working with Israel to annex Jewish communities in Judea and Samaria. And, of course, Benjamin Netanyahu, who has his own problems here, uh, recognized, and he said, three months ago the Trump peace plan recognized Israel's rights in all of Judea and Samaria, and President Trump pledged to recognize Israel's sovereignty over the Jewish communities there and in the Jordan Valley. And this is very, very, he says, I'm confident that that pledge will be honored, that we'll be able to celebrate another historic moment in the history of Zionism. Yeah, I hope so. Well, there, there is a lot of people that oppose Israel. But this is very prophetic here. And they're moving ahead. And so, uh, you know, we're looking for the temple. We're looking for the third temple. It'll, it, during the uh, tribulation, there will be a third temple. But uh, Jordan has come out and warned Israel and America. Of course, uh, the Palestinians are not happy. They're, they're obviously not happy. Uh, and so you, you turn around uh, and you look at Europe. Europe also is absolutely hates what's going on in Israel by Israel. And, uh, and see the problem you have with the West Bank and the areas, some of the areas where Israel wants to annex, uh, the liberals and some of these uh, in the EU see this uh, as part of uh, a line where they're going to make a future Palestinian state. 
Well, I got news for the world. That's not a future Palestinian state. It all belongs to Israel. That's right. And so I, I think that's so important to pay attention to these things. And so today we've covered a lot of things. And uh, I think with everything going on, you look at what's happening in America. I mean, we've been having things go on. Things, I mean, major, major things. And so it's important to really get things straightened out and understand we need to be looking to the Lord. He's coming soon. And people are hungry for the gospel. And we can't get so tied up in America that we forget why we're here. Now see, in Christ, we're all his creatures. And people need to seek Christ. They're, you know, they, they were talking about Black Lives Matter and all these other things, and I was tweeting around. I said, if you want to heal America, it has nothing to do with Black Lives Matter. It has to do with people need to repent. That's where we need to be, folks, whether you like it or not. That's right. Because you you need and and today of course they were having they were having uh, these meetings of where uh, they were having all these whites grovel at the feet of blacks asking forgiveness which is ludicrous that is typical social uh, socialization is, you know that's, that's stupid and that's wrong if you're going that. to grovel. I'll tell you what you need to do. You need to come to the Lord. He doesn't expect you to grovel. I mean, that's the first place you need to go. Groveling at the knees of any race is not going to save you, and it certainly is not going to help you much. Amen. So at any rate, we're coming down to the end of the show. We've got a few minutes left. I think overall, Tower... Um, when we talk about Denise D'Souza and his socialism, I think that's very clear. There's a lot of kids, though, out there, you know, and we, you and I were talking about it earlier, that that's what they want. They want a socialism. You know, I personally would never live under a socialism. I don't care what they do. To well, you know, I think a lot of this comes as, as a breakdown of families. Yeah. Where the kids want to, the parents are busy working, don't have time for the kids. And these kids want to feel connected to somebody. They want to have a family. And so they get on this social media, which is not your friend or your family. And these kids feel isolated. So they join these groups and they think, and they're because of their age, they're very impressionable. And they go out and do that just so they can belong. Yeah. They get tied up in a mess. Yeah. That's true. So at any rate, uh, Lebanon, we talked about Lebanon. We talked about uh, uh, Nigeria and Every Home for Christ in Moldavia and the Trump peace plan in Israel. We covered what Alveda King had to say. We went through the Barna research. So a lot of things that, that are really taking up everything you know it takes your attention you know what i mean tower it does and so the best thing to do don't forget to look to the lord amen and do what you can in your own way for the lord and uh, in this thing in america you're going to have to trust the lord and look to him that's right because there is judgment afoot folks and uh, one of these days is going to be a whole lot worse. So we're uh, about under two minutes right okay, now. Okay, well, I just want to add something that, um, you know, there's 31 proverbs. So that's like a proverb for every day of the month. And for quite some time, I've been including in my daily Bible reading a proverb. And on the 29th of May... You know, in light of all this stuff going on, and you you kind of try not to give in to the fear, but I was reading Proverbs 29, and verse 25 really hit me in the face. It says, The fear of man brings a snare, but whoso puts his trust in the Lord shall be safe. So I've been thinking on that 
ever since then and I just want to leave you with that trust in the Lord and don't be snared you know with what man's going to do don't be afraid that's right good word so anyway I'm thankful you guys joined us tonight we're glad to be here with you whenever you join us please send us your prayer requests and your letters we love hearing from you and we love you we care about you May God richly bless you. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Warren Radio.